Welcome to track number 14 of Pastors of Thousands. I want to share with you about the tent ministry. The tent ministry. Acts chapter 18. Question number one What is the tent ministry? Acts chapter 18. How many would like to learn Spanish and go out there to the Spanish world? Huh? Is there anybody here who speaks Spanish? Rita speaks Spanish? Peter? Juliet? Who is Juliet? Huh? <laughs> Julia, you speak Spanish? <laughs> now, listen. Two years ago, we had a camp meeting, and I spoke about. Did I speak about sacrifice? Now I spoke about the missionary church and Pastor Peter decided to go to uh, what do you call it? Australia. Pastor uh, Archibald and Helen decided to go to New Zealand. Jason and um, Julia gone to Austria. Um uh, what do you call it uh, to Birmingham Christopher and um, Gloria went to Birmingham Clement and Marie almost went to Moscow <laughs> and they are still around Pastor Fifi almost went to Fiji He's still here. Who? Kweku almost went to Papua New Guinea. Well, they are all still around. But is there anybody here who will be ready to go out as a missionary to work for the Lord? Raise your hand. Now, when you are in my meeting, you raise your hand. It's like... <laughs> It's like signing a form. <laughs> so raise your hand, let me see. Now raise your hand, let's see. Now, if you are a lady and you've raised your hand, stand. Yeah. Now you see. Now, if now sit down, please. If you are men, you are a man, and you raise your hand, stand. If you are a brother and you did raise your hand, 
stand. Okay, you guys are from Ghana. My brother over there, that's, um, what's his name again? Steven, yes, I spoke to you yesterday. Now, you ready to go anywhere, Steven? Or some particular place? My choice. <laughs> Very good, Steven. Very good, Steven. Brother David, you ready to go anywhere? When? Anytime, anywhere. Kevin, are you ready? You sure? Michael, you ready? Where do you want to go, Michael? Anywhere. George, ready to go into a poor place? Are you sure? <laughs> okay, thank you. You may sit down. Brother Yemo, what Yemo? Is it Daniel? Michael, stand up. Why didn't you stand up? ready yet what is not ready about you uh, uh, how old are you now 20 years old all right okay I understand mrs. Owusu what are the languages thank you Daniel Sada languages you speak number one Romanian, Russian, English, Gantry. <laughs> Romanian, Russian, English, Gantry. What did Lady Pastor Sarah say when the Lord said, You are going to be the one? What did she say? Huh? She said, Yeah, those guys are going to do it, isn't it? Somebody else. Send them, not me. I'm going to preach some more. When I finish preaching and I ask again, I want more people to stand up. So I'm campaigning for you. Steve, why didn't you stand up? Stand up, Steve. Why didn't you stand up? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Why? <laughs> uh, you, you are unmovable. <laughs> Rock of Ages. Bishop, I thought so until recently. I don't think I'm unmovable. I think I'm very movable. But why didn't you stand up? Are you, are you like Sarah? 
you, you, you feel that uh, it's for those zealous guys like Kevin, uh, 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 George, uh, Landy, David. It's like the young guys. You know, they don't have anything to lose. Oh, Bishop, I'm very young myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why didn't you stand up? <laughs> so, can you see one of the causes of barrenness? Hagar should go. Send her to Abraham tomorrow night. She'll sort it out. Not me. Hagar. Sit down. All those who didn't stand to be sent as missionaries, stand up. You are all Sarah's. <laughs> oh, stand. You're all Sarah's who have sent Hagar's. And you want to stay in London to create Ishmael's. So, you realize that, you realize that you, are, you have become people who are I'm preaching. So, what I'm preaching, is it impacting you? But you are not ready. But brother, I forgot your name. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, why didn't you stand? You are going to learn the Spanish. You know, the Lord spoke to me about starting churches in South America. I feel that Lighthouse Chapel will have, hello, will have a great impact in South America. And if you are here and you are prepared to learn a language and to go into some of those countries and live there and be there and work there and find a job, teach English, do something, anything to survive so that God can use you, you're going to be surprised because it's one of the ripe harvest fields that are being harvested now, South America. We are needed also over there. Remember what happened? The father was asking the Lord Jesus, did you tell them only to stay in Jerusalem? And the Lord said, I told them to go to Judea as well, Samaria. And the Lord asked, did you ask them to go to Rwanda? He said, I told uttermost parts of the world. Uttermost means everywhere. But they are all playing games in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying? How many more missionaries do I have for South America, Guatemala, Colombia, Argentina? Am I throwing my seed into salted lands, salty, salty lands? Any less? Aha. Uh-huh. What's your name? Gustav. Are you ready? You like to go to South America? Anybody else for South America? 
Father, we pour sugar on the salt in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right, you may be seated. Do you think I should continue preaching? About what? About what? But Jason, I've preached and preached and preached. They are not ready to, to, to. They say they'll be pastors of thousands where? The thousands of thousands are in, in, in South America. I want people who will give themselves to South America at this meeting. Oh, yeah. As I'm preaching, think about it. Pray about it in your heart. And determine I will go as possible to go. Archibald, now you are stable in New Zealand. Is that not so? But remember when you were going, we were calling, talking about it. Is that this? Is it possible? It looked very strange because how do you go to New Zealand so far? But now you are stable and blessed over there. Some of the places look far, but as you obey the voice of the Lord, you'll find out that you are really blessed and you truly become a pastor of thousands of thousands. Pastor B, why didn't you stand? You wanted to do what? I wanted to be sure that when I say I'm going, I can go immediately. But I, I think I would like to go, but maybe not immediately. <laughs> Amen. You are becoming pastors of thousands, of thousands, of thousands. Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After these things... Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, He abode with them and wrought. What does your version say? Wrought. And they what? Worked together. They worked together. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. Amen. Amen. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Amen. Amen. Now, the tenth ministry is so called because the greatest example of the tenth ministry, which is actually the ministry of somebody who has a secular occupation and combines it very successfully and very, very effectively with full-time ministry at heart the best example was somebody who was a tent maker and a builder of tents 
and he had a profession and he had a friend met somebody called Aquila who was also good at making tents and so they formed Aquila Paul Company Limited and they were tent making they had a tent making factory down in the south of London together is that not so is that not so and Paul at the same time as he was making the tents in verse 3 look at what he was doing in verse 4 he was reasoning he reasoned in the synagogue every Sunday and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks but in verse 3 he said he worked together with Aquila on the tent making business with Aquila they were together they were partners Aquila was his partner in business and on Sundays he was in church preaching teaching ministering reasoning to the Jews and reasoning to the Greeks give Paul a mighty clap offering for a great example amen so I believe that this has set the greatest example for all of us that somebody who was most fruitful even up to today Paul is still ministering by his letters yet he was a person who had a secular job and at the same time he had a ministry that was so effective amen Amen. now why was that the case turn with me to Philippians chapter number 4 Philippians number 4 verse 10 but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly and but now at last the care your care of me has flourished again wherein you were also careful but you lacked opportunity not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content Everybody say, I have learned. learned. In whatsoever state I am. To be content. To be content. content. Now notice. I know both how to abase, to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me amen now notice this is the difference between the tenth ministry of apostle paul and many of the so-called lay pastors of today pastor paul in the tenth ministry said that God had given him an instruction which he was obeying. And that instruction was that he should practice and know how to flow in every situation that he finds himself. He said he must know how to abase 
and I know how to abound. I know how to do the two. I know how to be in need and how to be hungry and how to flow. In all these ways, I have known how to do it and I'm instructed by the Lord. Paul was at times working and because he was working in the ministry, he would be in need and have to meet his own needs by making tents. And God had instructed him that if you have to be in such a need, why you have to start doing tent work and do it? It's an instruction, a command from the Lord that he should do it. He should not complain. He said, I am instructed. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed, commanded by God to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He was in the lay ministry or in the tent ministry because he was commanded by God to be so. And not because he wanted to earn money. And not because he didn't want to give up certain things that he had. But because it was an instruction from the Lord that whether it's this way or that way, it's your instruction to flow with whatever situation presents itself as how your life is going to be. If it is abounding, flow. If it is in need, flow. If it is a lay person who has to struggle to work to meet his needs, flow. If it is a full-time person where everything is provided for you, flow. And Paul said, I know how to do the two. I've been doing the two for some time. If you are, you see, there is again a switch in the heart. That's what I'm saying. That I can easily be a lay pastor. <laughs> Very easily. Oh yeah. If you see me tomorrow doing something, carrying boxes, holding my stethoscope, looking after patients, and so on. It will be because the Lord has asked me to do it and that, that it's necessary for me to do it for the ministry. And I'll do it. Because it's an instruction. Not because I'm trying to improve my medical career or because I'm trying to earn money. But because I'm instructed that whatever state is necessary for the work of God to go on, just flow with it. How it has to be at that time. Just flow with it. But there are several... If you ask them to flow with full time now, they will say, no, 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 no. That is not what I am after. If you ask them, flow with this now, no. You see, and that is, again, I say the best way to know your heart is to ask questions. If you ask a question and you are getting a wrong answer from yourself, become worried. And do whatever you have to do to correct it. Ask yourself right now. If they ask me right now to come up and be in the ministry full time, Would I be prepared to do it? Steve. Would you be prepared to do it? (laughs) He he, he doesn't want me to ask him. You see? But the very answer that you are hesitating to give, you get it, shows that your lay ministry is different from Paul's lay ministry. Your tenth ministry is different from Paul's tenth ministry. Philippa, do you see the difference? Philippa, stand up. What's the difference? Explain to us. You are very intelligent. I always tell Pastor Richard that you are very intelligent. Stand up and explain to us. What's the difference between Paul's lay ministry and Steve's uh, lay uh, tent ministry? Is Steve a tent minister? Is Steve a tent minister? Okay, what's the difference between his tent ministry and Paul's tent ministry? I think Paul... Hold the mic and preach to us. I understand it to mean that Paul was 
working as a tent maker so that he would still be able to do the work of God, to help him to do the work of God. He wasn't doing it because he wanted money. He was doing it because God had asked him to do it, to help him to do the work of God, maybe to meet his basic needs so he can continue doing the work of God. But I believe for most of us, we are working because we want the money. It's not because we want to do something to help us to do the work of God. We are working because that is where our interest is and that is where our heart is. I think, alongside, but it's an alongside ministry. Paul is ministering up to today. He started churches all over. As a lay tent minister, his ministry lives on today because it was not an alongside ministry. Do it alongside. Do the ministry as you make money. Do the ministry as you acquire laurels and agree degrees and whatever. It wasn't do the ministry alongside. It was, I'm doing the ministry. And if there's something I need to do to help you to do the ministry, I'm going to do it. Take Pastor Joe, for instance, in Gambia. If Pastor Joe tells me today that he wants to be full-time in the ministry, I'll tell him, you are bringing problems. You need to do the secular job you are doing in Gambia to help the ministry to work. It's needed. If you step out now, you are going to create a problem in the ministry. You actually cause a problem. The best way you can help the ministry now is to do that secular work. And on Sundays, go to the synagogue to reason with the Greeks and Jews. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way you can help now is to do that, make the tents, and then with Aquila during the week. And then on weekend, Sunday, go to the synagogue and reason with the Jews and Greeks. That's the best way you can help. If you come and say, I want to be paid, and I want you to pay me, you're going to cause a problem. But, I may need you, or God may need you, to be at a place where you can't work, there's no way you can, but it's important for you to be there. And you have, you have to be able to say with Paul that, I've learned how to flow this way, how to flow this way, always are flowable, because I've been instructed. I'm not, trying to get this or trying to get that have been instructed that is why you may have a lay pastor who will have only 10 members in his church for 18 years and apostle paul who will give birth to thousands and thousands of thousands of that even up to today we are in this place 2000 years later and we are reading and being ministered to by his ministry up till today that is really ministering to thousands of thousands of thousands you are the next person to minister to thousands of thousands that is why when I call for you, who would like to go to Spain, uh, uh, to South America, I was expecting that almost all of you would stand up and say, look, Bishop, if you want somebody to go to South America, just call me first. Put my name on the list first. I'm the first person you should call. Anything that you want me to do, I'm, I'll do it. I'm ready for anything. If I'm pastoring a church already and you want me to move to another church, I'm ready. I'm willing. Anyway, if you change your mind tomorrow, call me and tell, send me. I'm ready. But there are those who will say, you know, I want you to send me, but it's within London that I can work. That's a different thing. I am working on your heart. I say I'm working on your heart. How many realize that I'm working on your heart? How many can feel there's some knife on your heart trying to do some surgery on your heart? That is why I say, me, I can pick up a set of tomorrow and start doing certain things. I've not backslidden. 
fully I've been instructed to flow. Flow, brother. Flow. Flow. Pastor Jude, your ministry is alongside, you see, God's ministry is on the side of your great architectural line that you have carved out for yourself. I'm going this way to achieve architectural greatness. Thank God. Lord, you can join the boat on the side and then we'll go along. So when the Lord is on the side of the boat and he's saying, turn left, turn left. You say, look, you are even lucky that I have added you to my boat. And you are now saying I should go. This is the way I have decided to go. So when they call you and say, come here or go here or do this or do that, it becomes a problem. Because the ministry is actually something that is taking a lift in your car. (laughs) And somebody who has taken a lift, he cannot be dictating which way to turn and how to go because he is lucky. I said he's lucky that he has been added to the to the car. Juliet, it's you. You the man. Am I you the woman? You the man. All of tonight's preaching is for a particular person. Who, 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 who do you think that person is? One particular person in the church today. Who, who do you think it is? Huh? No, if you think, close your eyes. I want to see if the person will raise his hand. Close your eyes, everybody. The person who this preaching is for should raise his hand right up high. <laughs> okay, put your hand. The person has raised his hand. <laughs> I said, the person has raised his hand. Huh? No, the individual has raised the individual's hand. <laughs> and you know who the individual is? You. If you think I'm talking, that's why I keep saying that. The reason for barrenness is that when the preaching comes and it's coming for you, and they say, you are going to have children. You say, no, she will have children. Hagar is the one who's going to have a child. It's a principal cause of barrenness. When the Lord was calling, did I say, but I'm a doctor. Call somebody who's not been to school. Call somebody who's not been to school. My profession is too high for such low things. No, I didn't say that. I said, here am I. Send me. I would like to be used. I didn't say, I've been to school too much. I can't waste it. What would my mother say? What would my father say? I can't waste my life and waste my time. I'm a nice pharmacist. How can I waste my profession? Your profession is nothing. I said, your profession is nothing. A pastor who died recently in our church, he's a professor. He has been in university for many years, and he became a professor. The night before he died, he was promoted to, he was promoted to become a professor a month before he died. And when you are a professor, they come and they change the signboard in front of your house. So the night before he died, they came and they brought a new signboard. They wrote, Pastor Prof. He was doctor before, but the pastor prof, Fletcher. So he came out to look at his new signboard. Very beautiful. And he went back. 4 a.m. He was in heaven. 5 a.m. Took him to the hospital. He took in a deep breath. <sighs> that was it. As they were putting him on the bed, he was gone. 
during the funeral eh, it was so obvious we had the vice chancellors professors what 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 around plenty of them they were all sitting there and during the funeral it became so clear that his professorship his degrees his this nothing was only it was only that 15 years ago one day when he was drunk he was sitting at a full gospel meeting and he was sitting by another brother who was also drunk they were both drunkards and the guy said give your life to jesus and the guy said charlie let's go and they went and they got saved that day even as they were drunk and from that time their life changed and in that moment of eternity his professorship his days his days the only thing that was important he has lived for the lord he started a church he has pastored a church his congregation were standing there sitting there the congregation the choir everything they were there the bible says and the and their work shall follow none of those your profession and everything it, it is very limited in its transferability so don't think you have an important profession me i'm a doctor i don't think i have a one day i met a certain guy he said to me i don't believe in god he said if you can prove god to me in a test tube i will believe in god and i said where do you get these ideas from and he said to me i'm a scientist i said you're a scientist so i asked him which scientific school what, what what science did you do what school did you go to he, he went he did computer for computer whatever for two years in america me that i have studied anatomy physiology biochemistry parasitology virology bacteriology pharmacology uh, pathology hematology orthopedics psychiatry ophthalmology uh, internal medicine general surgery pediatric surgery uh, 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 and all those things i don't call myself a scientist you you have done two years computer this thing you say you are a scientist <laughs> i don't call myself a scientist you say you are a scientist don't bring yourself at all so your profession is nothing do you understand what I'm saying I've buried professors and the professorship is nothing he never received his first salary as a professor they didn't have time to change it by the time they changed it now he was gone hey I said hey hey think well you know what in England and Europe and so on when people start to think about this things about eternity and they start thinking about it they realize that look life is very useless they see people die they see the uselessness of life and you know what happens they begin to be depressed that's why one of the most commonly prescribed drugs are antidepressants to revive you when they get up in the morning they've got to have coffee to bring them out awake and then during the day when they feel that they have to take something to to revive them and at night they've got to take something to cool them down and put them to sleep you don't have to take those things the message that comes from looking at the futility of life is to make you rise up and live for God and live for Jesus and fight for Jesus to eternity. Not to become depressed, but to know that, look, this thing, eh, the way I'm seeing the thing, let me be wise like Solomon. He looked at things that he put two and two together. He said, the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God and to keep his commandments.
I see you beginning to fear God and beginning to keep God's commandments. Amen. How many are wise for the Lord today? How many have the wisdom of the Lord? Hallelujah. So the tenth ministry is a powerful ministry. But it is not an alongside ministry. It's a central ministry. And I want every lay pastor, anybody who is doing pastoral work, anybody who is doing shepherdora work, have that mind. If you are not there now, start to work on yourself. Catherine, you understand what I'm saying? You are not too young and too far. Start to work on yourself now and say to yourself, I am ready. I want it. I want it now. And now it begins to be no more. I am achieving my what, what, what. But I am working for the Lord. Whichever way it is, I'm ready to do it. You'll be surprised what the Lord will do for you. I see God doing great things in your life. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Now somebody turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 7 to 10. And somebody turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 32 to 34. And somebody turn to First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 to verse 15. Somebody told me of the joy they had. And then they told me that in sorrow they could be glad. But I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Ooh, 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 ooh. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. You will never know that you can be in the lay ministry until you start to do it. Richard. Richard, you're afraid of the ministry. Why? Richard, why are you afraid? He's afraid. He's afraid of the ministry. <laughs> he is afraid of the ministry. I can see fear all over. You see, you know something? I, I, I deal with you spiritually. Sometimes see, I'm talking to people, listen, I'm saying something. Why am I saying? I relate with them. I'm, I'm dealing with you by a spiritual interaction, not by looking at your face. There are people who are withdrawn, but they are withdrawn in there because of some. There are some people who are salted lands. I want you to yield, Richard. Huh? Richard, you get it. You're a good drummer. I'm, I'm, I'm also good. Next time we'll play and then you play the keyboard. After church, I play and then we all play and we bash, we jam. You get it? There are higher heights. There are higher heights. There are deeper. Lord, do. will never be the same but let's take that part there are higher high there are deeper seas whatever you need to do lord do it me it's not just a song we of god fails my and i will never 
be the same again. I will never be, I will never be the same again. Come on now. I will never return. Yeah. Ooh. I will, I will walk the paths. I will run the. I will never be. I will never be the same. When you give yourself to the Lord, you become free. Anybody who gives himself to Paul, you know, I'm so free because I give myself to the Lord. When you give up, you become very relaxed and you're just flowing and you're just happy. But when you are holding back things, as the preaching is coming, he said, you know, I don't really get what he's saying and I don't really like what he's saying and I, I have various ideas about it. But when you give it up, you just relax because you have nothing more to lose. You have nothing else to lose. There's nothing. You're a dead dog. <laughs> nothing else to catch. There's nothing else to hold. There's nothing else to protect. <laughs> there's no there's no cost to prevent there's no degree to protect and some money to pre- prevent from getting lost or some job to lo- not lose there's nothing like that because you don't have it you do you've lost it you've given up you say lord take it like i gave the lord my school mb2 and the lord said i receive it now i'm giving it back to you back to you back to you back to you because you see god never killed anybody's child He's not a, a child killer. He didn't really want to take Isaac away from Abraham. But he wanted to know whether Isaac's heart, Abraham's heart was really with him. That's all. That's all. But it's a real thing. When your heart is really with you, you it will really come. Amen. Amen. Linda, in it. In it. <laughs> I told some people to read something in it. Who's reading the first one? First, no, Acts chapter 20, verse 1. 32. And now, my brethren, I commend you to the grace of God and to the word of God, the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Verse 33, Acts chapter 20. I have coveted no man's silver. My brother, your name again. Nicholas, are you just arriving? You've been here from the beginning of the camp? Glory to God. Nicholas, I have coveted no man's silver. Amen. Are you there? Have I come for your money? I've coveted no man's silver or gold. Have I come for your gold? Wendy, have I asked for your gold? Cindy, have I asked for your silver? I came to your house and said, give me all your silver, give me all your gold. No. Yea, you yourselves know. Listen. You yourselves know, in it, that these hands, which hands? Whose hands? His Paul's hands. Have done what? Have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Who has the other version? There's somebody had a version where he said he worked with me. He worked. Yeah, stand and read it, Caroline. Read it out loud. I now place in you God's care. Remember the message about his great kindness. This message can help you and give you what belongs to you. Uh, verse 34. Acts 20, verse 34. 
powerful. I'll read it again. You know what? You know what version is that? Contemporary English. You know how I've worked to make a living for myself and for my friends. Alex, is it not powerful? Tense ministry. It's nice. This is the greatest apostle. Greater than Pastor Richard. Greater than Bishop Dag. Greater than Pastor Henry. Greater than Michelle. Greater than any of the pastors who ever lived around. And he said, you saw how... Read it again, Caroline. Read it again, Caroline. You, you know what? To make a living. Man. And verse 35. I showed how you should do what? Work. To help. Why was he to work? To become rich. To help what? Those who are weak. Read on. That's all. Charlie, come near the front to read this Bible for us more. Huh? <laughs> it's some great Bible, pa. I don't know where you got this Bible from. It has explained the whole preaching. So the thing is like that, you don't have to find a, a chair somewhere. Or oh, you want to sit by your things are there. Yeah, get your notebook and come. You are being promoted. You see, one day you'll be lifted from the back and then you'll be brought to the front. <laughs> it's so easy to understand the keys. It's right there. Amen. Now, read it again for us. Where's Caroline? At uh, first, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse seven. Let, let's listen to her Bible. Her Bible is very nice. I think we should just all buy one. Ah, uh, we should record it. All right, all right, all right. Did you get the first one that she read? I don't think so. All right, uh, let's take that one again. Acts chapter twenty. Acts chapter 20. Thirty-four. Yeah. It's, uh, you know how I have worked with my hands to make a living for myself and my friends. Thirty-five. By everything I did, I showed how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said... More blessings come from giving than from receiving. That's all. I said what? That's all. Simple. Work and be blessed in the ministry. Amen. Amen. Now I'll read Second Thessalonians chapter three. Verse seven eight nineteen. Now let's all listen to her Bible. Yeah. You surely, you surely know that you should follow our example. You surely know that you should do what? You shouldn't follow our example. You should do what? Follow our example. That what? We didn't waste our time loafing. And we, we didn't waste our time loafing. <laughs> Man. 
There are people who are full-time pastors. They just waste their time loafing. Yeah, they don't have anything to do. You see, it's not easy to be a full-time pastor. When you, when you are, if you are a lay pastor and you become a full-time pastor, you, you can easily not know what you are doing. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, you, what, what will you do? <laughs> you loaf. <laughs> you just loaf around. Read it. Verse 8. Verse 8. And we didn't accept food from anyone without paying for it. We didn't accept food from anyone without paying for it. We didn't want to be a burden to any of you. We didn't want to be a burden to any of you. So night and day we worked as hard as we could. So night and day we worked as hard as we could. Read on. Verse 9. We had the right not to work. We had the right not to work. But we wanted to set an example for you. Oh, man. Man. Clap for Paul. Clap for Paul. Put your hands together for Apostle Paul. I love Apostle Paul. Read, read it again. It's too sweet to let it go just like that. Verse 9. We had so, the from right... Verse seven, from verse 7. Verse 7. You surely know that you should follow our example. We didn't waste our time loafing. We didn't waste our time loafing. Loafing. As the person next to you, are you loafing? <laughs> you the man loafing. You the man loafing. Next one, verse 8. Verse 8. And we didn't accept food from anyone without paying. We didn't accept food from you without paying. We paid for it. We didn't allow even gifts. When you were trying to give us offerings, no, 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 no. We are paying for it. We don't need any gifts or any whatever. We didn't accept gifts. This is the tenth ministry. The tenth ministry. Tenth ministry. The greatest of all examples set for us. Read on. We didn't want to be a burden to any of you. So night and day we worked as hard as we could. Night and day we worked as hard as we could. Then the last verse. Verse, verse 9. We had the right not to work, but we wanted to set an example for you. We had the right. Every pastor who preaches has a right not to do secular work. You have a legal right from heaven not to do any secular work because you are a pastor and you preach and the Bible says that they that preach the gospel must live off the gospel. It's your legal right. Caroline, read the last passage that we selected. We had a right. I love it. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse number 13 to verse number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 13 to number verse number 15. Amen. Verse 13. Don't you know that people who work in the temple make their living from what is brought to the temple? You know what? You know what? You know what? Pick it up from verse 9, verse 8. Oh, verse, 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 verse one. <laughs> Pick it up from verse one. Pick it up from verse one. Chapter nine, verse one. 
I am free. I'm free. I am an apostle. I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No more, no longer bound. No more chains holding me. All right, read on. I have seen the Lord Jesus and I have led you to have faith in him. I have seen the Lord Jesus. How many have seen Jesus? Pray that you see Jesus. Pastor Joe, I see you seeing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Next one. Two. Others may think that I am not an apostle, but you are proof that I am an apostle to you. Others may think that I am not an apostle. It's up to them. It's up to them. But you are the proof that I am an apostle. No certificate. You are the proof. Read on. Verse 3. When people question me, I tell them that Barnabas and I have the right to our food and drink. Barnabas and I have the right to our food and drink. Read on. Verse 5. We each have the right to marry one of the Lord's followers and to take her along with us. That's all. That's all. Paul is the man. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> we have the right to marry one of the Lord's followers. That's all. <laughs> Read on. Just as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Peter do. Verse just six. as who? The Lord's brother. Just as, the, just as the Lord's brothers and Peter do. Okay, Peter married. So you were saying that me too. I'm as good as Peter. Read on. Verse 6. Are we the only ones who have to support ourselves by working at another job? Hey! <laughs> I said, I, really, I, can't, I, can't, I didn't hear what you are saying. Are we the only ones who have to support ourselves by working at another job? Are we the only ones in Lighthouse who have to support ourselves by working at another job? So you realize that their main job, the real job they were doing was the ministry. But they have added this extra burden to support themselves for various reasons, which we are going to look at 14 reasons why Paul was doing this thing. Read on. Seven. The soldiers pay their own salaries. Ajay, Ajay, Ajay. The soldiers pay their own salaries. The Bible is killing me softly, I tell you. Ah! The Bible is too sweet. The soldiers pay their own salaries. Me! Read on, sister. Don't people who raise grapes eat some of what they eat some of what they grow? People who raise grapes. Don't they eat some of what they grow? Read on. Don't shepherds get milk from their own goats? Oh. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was talking about us. This was written in the scriptures so that all who plow and all who grind the grain will look forward to sharing in the harvest. That's all. 11. When we told the message to you, it was like planting spiritual seed. That's it. Planting spiritual seed. Go on. So we have the right to accept material things as a harvest from you. We have a right to accept material things as a harvest from you. Verse 12. If others have the right to do this, we have an even greater right. But we haven't used this right of ours. We are willing to put up with everything to keep from causing trouble for the message about Christ. Oh man. 
Read that small part again, the end part. We are willing to do it. We are willing to put up with a- anything to keep from causing trouble for the message about Christ. That's all. To just prevent trouble. We are willing. Are you willing? Are you willing? Yes. Amen. What verse is that? 13. Go on, read on. 13. Don't you know that people who work in the temple make their living from what is brought to the temple? Don't you know that a person who serves at the altar is given part of what is offered? 14. In the same way, the Lord wants everyone who preaches the good news to make a living from preaching this message. That's all. That's the Lord's plan. That those who preach it must make a living from what they are preaching. That's the God's plan. Read on. 15. But I have never used these privileges of mine. But I have never used these privileges. Wow. I'm even feeling sad that I'm a full-time pastor. <laughs> as I'm hearing about Paul. <laughs> oh yeah. Because a major lay pastor doing things. Pastor Richard, are you seeing the thing? <laughs> Pastor Richard said he's going to look for a job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have never used any of these privileges. Never. Never. Go on. And I am not writing this because I want to start now. Oh, that's a four. He's on with you. <laughs> I would rather die than have someone rob me of the right to take pride in this. Uh-huh. Verse 16. I don't have any reason to brag about preaching the good news. Preaching is something God told me to do. And if I don't do it, I am doomed. <laughs> 17. If I don't do it, I'm doomed. So it's like it's, that is what I'm supposed to do. We read that verse again. The six, the six, six. 16. I don't have any reason to brag about preaching the good news. Preaching is something God told me to do. And if I don't do it, I am doomed. Man, I feel as though Paul is standing here talking to us. How many feel that way? It's like he's really talking to us. It's so powerful to me, I tell you. Are you being blessed by what you are hearing? It's wonderful. Read on. 17. If I preach because I want to, I will be paid. But even if I don't want to, it is still something God has sent me to do. 18. Even if I don't want to do it, it's still something I'm supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> if I just preach, whether you want to or you don't want to, you are supposed to preach. Simple. Read on. 18. What pay am I giving? It is the chance to preach the good news free of charge and not use the privileges that are mine because I am a preacher. 19. I am not anyone's slave. But I have become a slave to everyone so that I can win as many people as possible. 20. When I am with the Jews, I live like a Jew to win Jews. Oh, man. When I'm with a Jew, I live like a Jew. Carry on, sister. They are ruled by the law of Moses, and I am not. But I live by the law to win them. And when I am with people who are not ruled by the law, I forget about the law to win them. Of course, I never really forget about the law of God. In fact, I am ruled by the law of Christ. <laughs> the guy is wild, though, I tell you. 
22. When I am with people whose faith is weak, I live as they do to win them. I do everything I can to win everyone I possibly can. 23. Oh, I do all this for the good, ne- good news. Sorry. Because I want to share in its blessings. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm, I'm being touched. I tell you, I'm being touched. I'm being touched. And I'm with people who are weak. I behave how it would be okay for them to flow with me when I'm with people who are strong. I flow just as it's appropriate. Read on. 24. You know that many runners enter a race and only one of them wins the prize. So run to win. 25. Athletes work hard to win a crown that cannot last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. 26. I don't run without a goal, and I don't box by beating my fists in the air. 27. I keep my body under control and make it my slave, so I won't lose out after telling the good news to others. Oh, powerful, 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 powerful. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. Are you touched by preachers as though Paul came to just talk to us? It's really wonderful. Let me have a look at your Bible. I have to go and buy one. What Bible is this? The Bible for today's Christian woman. Be blessed of the Lord. Amen. I'm sure there's today's Christian man. It's wonderful. I said it's wonderful. Amen. Now, let's read Daniel. Another, now, another person who operated in the tenth ministry was Daniel the great prophet. He was a very high level minister. Pastor Richard, it looks like higher level ministers rather do this kind of thing. That's what it seems. You see, I think we've not understood the lay ministry. The lay ministry is something we've added onto our visions and agendas. But Paul and co. were doing the ministry. And anything that came up that had to be done, they would just flow with it and do it. Daniel was another powerful person. Caroline, Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. Daniel was... Let me give you three posts of Daniel. Member of Parliament for Babylonian Province and Chief of Governors. Uh, 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 read it, Daniel two forty-eight. The king then presented Daniel with a lot of gifts. He promoted him to Governor of Babylon Province and put him in charge of the other white men. Forty-nine. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to high positions in Babylon province and he let Daniel stay on as a palace official palace official so Daniel had work to do, palace official governor of the province chief of the wise men Amen. amen of which province, under whose reign that was under Nebuchadnezzar next one, Daniel chapter 6 Let's see Daniel's other post. He was 
vice president, governor, member of parliament, various palace officials under three different regimes. Margaret Thatcher, uh, what's the other man who came after her? John Major and Tony Blair. He had positions in all these. Read it, Daniel 6, chapter verse 1. Darius divided his kingdom into 120 states. and 120 what? States. United States of Darius. <laughs> yes, go on. And placed a governor in charge of each one. In order to make sure that his government was run properly, Darius put three other officials in charge of the governors. One of these officials was Daniel. Three. And he did his One of these officials was who? Daniel. One of government officials was who? Read it. And he did his work so much that and he did his work so much better than the other governors and officials that the king decided to let him govern the whole kingdom. Hey. <laughs> Four. The other men tried to find something wrong with the way Daniel did his work for the king, but they could not accuse him of anything wrong because he was honest and faithful and did everything he was supposed to do. Finally, they said to one another, we will never be able to bring any charge against Daniel unless it has to do with his religion. <laughs> unless it has to do with religion, but for his work, his secular work, the guy is very good. So you see, you can be top-class minister and because your secular work is under the ministry it can do very well like i was giving the example that i was rather doing very well in school as a lay person because it was just incidental to what i was doing it was not something that i was pursuing and the ministry was on the side finally daniel chapter 5 verse 29 caroline so now he worked for nebuchadnezzar then he worked for who? Darius. And who was the last person he worked for? Belshazzar. All right. Belshazzar gave a command for Daniel to be made the third most powerful man in his kingdom and to be given a purple robe and a golden chain. Third most powerful man in the kingdom. Who is the third most powerful man in England? Is, it, is the prime minister is the most powerful? The queen is the most powerful person. Are you sure? The prime minister is the most powerful. And then after the prime minister, the deputy prime minister, oh? And the chancellor of where? Exchequer. All right. Now, Caroline, let me give you 14 reasons for doing a tent ministry number one we are ending now you got to take these ones very fast i'm just going to give it out to you maybe we just break off and continue tomorrow because it is the only way to stay in certain geographical places that is the reason why you must do a tent ministry because sometimes it's the only way you can stay in certain geographical locations number two in it like daniel you, you are a refugee they've caught you and they have castrated you whatever somebody is making you a palace official would you say you won't be a palace official you better take it and flow with it before you realize that they have made you a gladiator 
they make you a gladiator and you'll be fighting to kill yourself so when they've come to promote you and make you a governor you have to flow with it because it's just by the grace of god that you are there is that not so yeah so you got to flow number two the second reason is so as not to be an expense to anyone read second thessalonians 3 8 for us uh, caroline so as not to be an expense to anyone second thessalonians 3 8 reason number three the third reason why the tent ministry is important is so is is it must be done is because at certain times pain of pastors hinders the ministry paying pastors making pastors receive salaries actually hinders the work of god it actually hinders the ministry amen it actually hinders the whole thing have you found it i found it abigail you sang that song the other time didn't you it was who abby somebody else Ah, okay what's her name not you you are not abigail cc Ah, cc all right new life in jesus christ of joy and peace love and joy joy in the holy ghost all right caroline and we didn't accept well what was the first reason why the tent ministry is necessary yeah if they've castrated you what would be the next thing they'll make you a gladiator the next thing you'll be sent to be eaten by lions so when they are now appointing you as a palace governor and various posts you have to flow with it otherwise before you realize something bad will happen to you is that not so number two what's the second reason why you must do the uh, tent ministry is necessary so as not to become an expense to anyone if i come to you at every time you see the you see the guys up the guy our man has come Anytime our man comes, bills are coming, expenses are coming. It's not a good thing. And there are places where it's like that you see the person, the, the person is bringing expenses. You see Pastor Richard said, ah, he's bringing expenses to us. No. Amen. Third reason why we must uh, 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 do the tenth ministry is because what? Pardon? Pardon? Sometimes paying pastors hinders the ministry. Three ways in which paying pastors can hinder the ministry. Number one, three ways in which pastors can paying pastors can hinder the ministry. Caroline, be standing by. You're gonna three ways in which pastors Number one, three ways in which paying pastors can hinder the ministry. Number one, building projects cannot go on. Number two, the church cannot develop equipment, etc. Number three, missionaries 
and other laborers cannot be sent out. Number four, are you with me? Somebody told me of the joy they had. And then they told me that in sorrow they could be glad. But I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. You won't know you can be a tenth minister till it happens to you. Three ways in which praying pastors can hinder the gospel. Sometimes building projects cannot go on. Number two, the church cannot develop by instruments, etc., equipment. Number three, missionaries cannot be sent out sometimes because. Number four, the fourth way by which pain of pastors, this is a very important one, can actually hinder the ministry. So that when you pay pastors, because the members are immature. And cannot understand why and how pastors should be paid certain amounts of money and should have certain benefits. There are certain churches where they are not they don't they don't see why. They don't see why. They feel monkey they work, baboon they chop. The monkey goes to work and the baboon eats it when he comes back. So if you are in such a place where the members are few or the members are not well developed and they have that mind, when you try to be a full-time pastor, it will actually spoil the church and be counterproductive. So it's good for you to have a job and to be a tenth minister. Amen. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 8. Caroline is reading. Don't bother to open because you don't have such a nice Bible like she does. Okay, read it. And we didn't accept food from anyone without paying for it. We, did, we didn't want to be a burden to any one of you. So night and day, we worked as hard as we could. Powerful. Night and day, we worked as hard. Alright, the next one. How many reasons do you have? Number four. To be free, or number five. To be free, four. Reason number one is what? It's what? It's the only way to stay in certain geographical locations. Number two? So as not to be an expense to anyone. Number three? Sometimes paying pastors hinders the ministry. Four ways in which paying pastors can hinder the ministry. Number one? Building projects cannot go on. Number two. Number three. Number four. Some people can understand why the pastor should drive a car or drive a nice car. <laughs> there are certain things I don't talk about because people cannot understand why or how or what. They, don't, they are not mature enough to understand. So you don't even bother. Sometimes... Some people even know you realize that some people who you, th- you thought should have been un- mature enough to be able to relate with, they can't even relate with it. Because sometimes people feel that, you know, I'm struggling in the secular world. 
and I've been struggling for a long time. And I don't even have that. Why should you have that? Because I pay tithes in the church. Why should you have what I don't have? Why should your car be nicer than my car? Why should your car be a good car? Why should you be able to travel with your wife? Why should you be able to travel? Why should you have enough money? Why should you? They don't, they, they, they don't see why. Because they feel, man, I work and I pay tithes and I don't even have that. Why should he have that? A lot of people have that kind of mind. A lot of people have that mind. And so, that's why sometimes pastors leave their private. That's why I don't have pastors in my house. It's only pastors and even there's only certain pastors who come to my home. My home. And I don't want a whole lot of people to come to my house. Because if you come to my house and you... So somebody came to Pastor Eddie's house and said, eh, I went to Pastor Eddie's house. It's full of gadgets. Gadgets. <laughs> you may go to somebody's house and say, why should he have a house like that? Why should he have a, a, a place like that? Why should he do this? Why should he? You don't even know. You don't understand. And a lot of people are immature. They can't understand. Say, I've been working for a long time. It's your decisions that have brought you where you are. Your decisions that you've been taking in your life that have brought you. So don't be so bitter and so envious and so jealous and hateful. It's the decisions of your life which have brought you to where you are today. Your decisions and the series of decisions you've been taking for your life have brought you to where you are. Somebody has also been taking decisions. I've also been taking a series of decisions for my life. And that's where my decisions have brought me to. Your decisions have said, when we even would talk to you that you should be full-time in the ministry, your attitude and you are so some way, and you've gone on now in a certain line. Now, after so many years, the decisions you've taken, the line you've, you've followed, have not brought you any major prosperity. Others who seem to have been following the ministry seem to be even far ahead of you. And it pains you. And you don't see why this guy, who rather has gone into the ministry full time, seems to be more okay than myself, who has been following hard after certain things all these years. I don't even seem to have half of what he has. You got a problem. You are immature. And also, not only immature, but you are dangerous. Such people are dangerous. Don't admit such people near you. Oh, yeah. One day I went to play golf. As I was crossing the road, somebody shouted from the car, Osofo Sikeni, which means money pastor, a rich man pastor. And I said, man, you may not understand why I'll play golf. I wouldn't even bother to explain. But I'm, I've been working and I can't even play. Keep on working. Keep on working. Keep on taking the decisions you take. When I, when I, the decisions I keep, your life is made up of the decisions you take. You continue taking the decisions that you've been taking. I will lead you to a particular place. And when you are at that place after 20 years and somebody's at another place, don't be annoyed. Because you know you've been following hard after silver and gold. And I was talking to my pastor, I said that you people, uh, you continue to search for gold and money. Me, I'm not searching for gold. The money and the gold that you are searching for, people will pack them in cartons and come and put it behind me. They will, they will come and pack it. And you continue searching for it. What I gave up, and I said I don't like, that's what they keep coming to put there. 
and you will not understand. Amen. Amen. So, don't be hateful. If you see somebody is blessed as he's working for the Lord. But some people don't understand. That's why pastors at a point, even if you are a full-time pastor or whatever, you have to keep your life private. And a whole lot of things you don't have to talk about or say. But some pastors, unfortunately, will say certain things. There are certain things that, like for instance, I also know that a Mercedes-Benz is a, is a best car. But if, if you, even if you gave me a Mercedes-Benz, I wouldn't drive it. I would say, I would rather do something else, but I would not drive a Mercedes. Because even in Accra, in my own church, amongst my own people, there are quite a lot of people who wouldn't understand that and appreciate that. So I wouldn't do that for now. The car that I drive now, I wouldn't have driven it some time ago. Now, it is more easy for the people to understand what car I drive. Well, the car doesn't mean anything to me. It has no meaning to me. Sometimes I, I get a car and I don't even know what car it is. I say, you just organize the car. When it comes, I'll use it. I don't care what, what car it is, what color, what it is. I just need to use a car. When it comes, I'll use it. And I just use it. And then when I know it's like a shoe. You just wear and throw it away when you finish. But you, it's all everything to you. <laughs> I'm working for it. So that's why it's something great to you that is not something great to me. And it pains you that it's, it's, it's like what is so valuable to me is that it doesn't even seem to concern him. God is trying to take your heart to a better place. Amen. Amen. In fact, Paul's tent ministry is one of the greatest things you can ever have. And I pray that you will have a great tent ministry like the Apostle Paul. I see you becoming a pastor of thousands and thousands. And they, and, and they bless their sister. I say they bless their sister. I say, may she be a mother of thousands of millions. I bless you today. And I say, may you be a pastor of thousands of thousands. Of, and somebody said, I don't see how I can be a pastor of thousands of thousands. Because I'll be a lay pastor. We are looking at a tenth pastor right here. And he's become a pastor of thousands of thousands of millions. Millions of Christians today all over the world are pastored by Paul on a daily. Millions of pastors read First and Second Timothy and Titus. These are the letters to the pastors and are blessed regularly by a lay pastor, tent minister. It's too great. Amen. Next one. The next reason why you must do the tent very quickly, just write it down. We've we got to rush. To be free of all men. All men's donations and attitudes. First Corinthians nine nineteen, Caroline. To be free of all men's donations and their attitudes. Sisi, I'm free from your donation and your attitude. Amen. I'm free from your attitude and from your donation. If your attitude is good, fine. If your attitude is bad, fine. I, I am not under bondage. To your attitude. I'm not afraid of you. I'm free from you, CC. You understand, CC? If you give, fine. If you don't give, fine. If you are happy with the church, fine. If you are not happy with the church, fine. I'm free from you. Because I don't depend on you. Sometimes the pastor must be about so that you'll be able to. And lay pastors, you must really use this. The tense pastors. You must really use this thing because you are free from your attitude. You, when you are taking off, you must have a certain confidence. You, 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 I'm free from your attitude and from your donation. Your donation doesn't change me. When you give or you don't give, it doesn't do anything to my life. Give and help the work of God. 
That is, you see, with my books, I have a certain confidence as I am encouraging you to buy them because I don't benefit, I don't earn money from it. There's a certain freedom from your attitude. If I'm raising funds or trying to do some small fundraising or launching for the books, I don't think of it because never has even 10 pounds or 100 pounds from the launching of a book been given to me that, Bishop, we launched the book and here's, we got 10,000 pounds and here's 100 pounds for you. It doesn't happen before. As an author. Because I'm not doing it for pay. I'm not getting any pay. So I'm free from your attitude when I'm launching the book. I've got some confidence. So sometimes the 10th ministry is to free you from people's some winners. So you say, we want to do some fundraising today. That you see some people say, hmm. uh, anyway, speak. What do you want again? And you, know, and you see that the attitude of the person is so some way. But you are free. Stand to your feet, everyone. Caroline, read verse 19. First Corinthians nine nineteen. I am not anyone's slave. Ah, read on. But I have become a slave to everyone, so that I can win as many people as possible. Amen. Amen. The next reason why you must have the lay ministry, the tenth ministry. The next reason why the tenth ministry is operated is because. Alright, Caroline, stay where you are in the chapter 9. It's because it is absolutely necessary for you to be in the ministry. Amen. Amen. Whether people want you to be or not, or whether finances want it, permit it or not, it's absolutely necessary for you to be in the ministry. Should I say it again? Alright. It is absolutely necessary. Everybody say it's absolutely necessary. For me to be in the ministry. Whether people want it or not. And whether finances permit it or not. Yeah. It's absolutely necessary. So people may not want to pay you. Number two. Finances may not allow it. Because of the financial situation. But woe is you if you preach not the gospel. It's necessary. So you've got to do it. And you've got to be a tenth minister. How many understand how the thing is working out? How many have understood how the thing is working out? Alright. Only seven of you. How many understand how the thing is working out? Alright. Caroline, read it for us. Verse 16 and 17. Chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. Is, am I the only one who's feeling hot? It's hot, isn't it? It's cold. Okay. We've almost finished anyway. Yeah, read it, 16. I don't have any reason to brag about preaching the good news. Preaching is something God told me to do. And if I don't do it, I am doomed. If I preach because I want to, I will be paid. But even if I don't want to, it is still something God has sent me to do. What pay am I given? It is the chance to preach the good news free of charge and not use the privileges that are mine because I am a preacher. Amen. Amen. The next reason why you must do the lay ministry is to avoid losing your opportunity to be a partaker of the gospel. To avoid losing your opportunity. Because for most of us, if we don't become tent ministers, we will never be partakers of the gospel. 
you will never be a partaker. You watch and watch and watch for the rest of your life. Amen. Is that not so? You didn't get it. I'll read it again. To avoid losing your opportunity to be a partaker of the gospel. Amen. Read verse 23. To avoid losing your what? To be a what? How many realize that if it's not for tent ministry, you, you will not have anything to do with the gospel. You just receive the word and go home. Is that not so? Yes. Read it, verse 23. I do all this for the good news because I want to share in its blessings. I want to share. I see you sharing in the blessings of the good news. The next reason why the tent ministry is necessary is so that you can become what weak people can relate with. In order to save another category of souls. Huh? You have to become what weak, weak people can relate with. People who are weak spiritually can relate better with the lay ministry than with full-time ministry. Yeah. So sometimes you have to become weak. In it. In it. When I say in it, say in it. In it. Yeah. <laughs> the next reason why the lay ministry is necessary, the tent ministry is necessary, is to make sure that you also get a prize. To make sure that you also get a prize. Caroline, read verse 24. To make sure that you also get a what? A what? How many want to get a prize? When you get to heaven, I see you. I, I, suddenly, I'm seeing crowns and uh, medals and various things all over the place. It's some great something, I tell you. Thank God for the lay ministry that you are being included in the tent ministry so that you can also get a prize. Read verse 24, Car- Caroline. You know that many runners enter a race and only one of them wins the prize. So run to win. Athletes work hard to win a crown that cannot last. But we do it for a crown that will last forever. Amen. Amen. The next reason why you must do the tent ministry is because it is a manifestation of temperance and self-control. Amen. It's a manifestation of temperance. Paul said it. Paul said it's a manifestation of temperance and self-control. Amen. Read verse 25, Caroline. Athletes work hard to win a crown that cannot last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. I don't run without a goal, and I don't box by beating my fists in the air. I keep my body under control and make it my slave, so I won't lose out after telling the good news to others. Amen. Well, another version says temperance. Then the next one, because the tenth ministry is a, is a manifestation of controlling your flesh. You need to control your flesh because the tiredness of the lay ministry. You get it? You have to control your body, your flesh, your feelings to be a good lay tent minister. Amen. Alright. Read verse 27 again. I keep my body under control and make it my slave so I won't lose out after telling the good news to others. Amen. The next one is... Acts 20, go to Acts 20, Caroline. Acts 20, verse 35. 
The next reason why you must do the tent ministry is in order to be a financial support to the ministry. Financial support to the ministry. Amen. Amen. Financial support to the ministry. Amen. Amen. Financial support to the ministry. Read verse 35. By everything I did, I showed how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said, more blessings come from giving than from receiving. Amen. Amen. The next reason is in order to be involved in the blessing of giving. People who give are blessed. So when you do the tenth ministry, you are also able to be involved in the blessing of giving. How many reasons do you have? Thirteen. To avoid the mistake of idleness, which leads to busybody spirits, which leads to criticisms, which leads to quarrels, which leads to confusion in the ministry. Second Thessalonians 3. Second Thessalonians 3. All right. Uh, should I give it to you again? Okay. To avoid idleness, which leads to busybodies, which leads to criticism, which leads to quarrels, which leads to confusion in the ministry. 3.11. I'll say it again. Did you get it? To avoid what? Idleness, which leads to busybodies, which leads to criticism, which leads to quarrels, which leads to confusion in the ministry. Amen. Second Thessalonians 3. Verse 11. Read it, Caroline. Now we learn that some of you just loaf around and won't do any work except the work of a busybody. Loafing. No more loafs. <laughs> Amen. How many do you have? And last one is to teach that the lay ministry is possible by example. Nine, verse nine, same thing. Three nine. To teach that the tenth ministry is what? Is what? Possible. Sometimes you have to do the lay ministry so that it's a lesson to others that look, see what I'm doing, it is possible. Read it, verse nine. We had the right not to work, but we wanted to set an example for you. We had a right not to work, but we wanted to set an example for you. So that's why we do the late 10th ministry. You may be seated. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You are included in the late ministry. Thank you, Caroline. You are included in the 10th ministry. I see you receiving your rewards in heaven. Amen. God will reward you highly because you included yourself. How many want to make a shift from doing the ministry as something that is added onto your profession and want to shift from that to the place where now it's the ministry that you are doing, whatever is needed. If you are Whatever is needed, you will do it. Raise your hand if you are ready for that. 
You are ready for that now. All of you. Anna, you ready for that? Nelly, you ready for that? Really? Are you ready for that? It's the greatest blessing. I see you being blessed with the highest blessing of the Lord. Stand to your feet.